Money FM 89.3, the best of prime time. In the spotlight on Money FM 89.3. Thanks for joining us on Primetime on Money FM 89.3. I'm Bharati Jagdish. Now, after days of lying in state, the body of the late Queen Elizabeth has started its final journey today as part of a grand state funeral. Life will come to a standstill for millions as the UK says goodbye to the Queen. In fact, it probably already has since the funeral has already begun. It's a day of emotion, pomp and ceremony, the likes of which has not been seen since the last state funeral and that was of Winston Churchill almost 60 years ago. Buckingham Palace has said that the Queen made personal additions to the plans as well. And to give us a breakdown of the day's events and what to expect, we're joined by Rich Preston. He's senior world news reporter and presenter at the BBC in London. Hi, Rich. Thanks for joining us. Hi, good to be with you. I expect you're pretty busy and have been since September the 8th when the Queen first died. I mean, when news of the Queen dying first hit the airway waves and of course the queue that i think has totally mesmerized and caught the attention of the global community so tell us more about how it's going out there right now the service has just started what's going on at this point it has yeah the service started at 11 o'clock sharp the coffin was carried from westminster hall which is the oldest part of the houses of parliament it was led in a procession pulled on the state gun carriage by sailors from the Royal Navy to Westminster Abbey, where, as I say, the funeral started 17 minutes ago. The coffin was welcomed by the Dean of Westminster. And as we speak, uh, there's a reading by the Right Honourable uh, Baroness Scotland. She's the Secretary General of the Commonwealth. We then have several hymns, uh, several prayers, several other readings, including from the Prime Minister, Liz Truss. And that will take us through to midday here in the UK, just under 45 minutes' time, at which point there will be two minutes national silence. Then the coffin gets walked up in another procession up to Hyde Park Corner, where it's put on the state hearse and driven to Windsor Castle out of London. Now, that was the Queen's home, and when it's there, there will be a smaller ceremony. There's about 2,000 people in Westminster Abbey, but this smaller ceremony at Westminster Castle will be about 800 people, and that's where the interment will happen, where the Queen will be lowered into the royal vault. So a really big day here in the UK, a monumental state occasion. As I say, 2,000 guests, including 500 dignitaries and, and heads of state from foreign governments, including your own prime minister, he's there. Uh, as long, along with uh, leaders from Commonwealth countries and elsewhere as well. So a really big occasion here. Mm. Let's talk about who's in attendance right now. It is one of the biggest gatherings of royalty and politicians hosted in the UK for decades. So who are the notable invitees and who are the notable non-invitees as well, Rich? Indeed, yeah. Well, there are many uh, members of royal families from across Europe, including Belgium's king and queen, uh, the king of the Netherlands, uh, royal families from Norway, Sweden, Denmark, Morocco, Spain, uh, Emperor Naruhito from Japan is there, the king of Bhutan is there, the sultan of Brunei, the sultan of Oman, the emir of Qatar, Jordan's king Abdullah, the crown prince of Kuwait, the king of Lesotho, Royal leaders from Luxembourg, Malaysia, Monaco, Tonga. Uh, of course, the Queen uh, was the head of state 
for many Commonwealth countries. So the Australian Prime Minister, New Zealand's Prime Minister, Canada's Prime Minister, uh, the Bangladeshi Prime Minister, Indian, uh, India's President, uh, Sri Lanka's President. And then, of course, you've got other notable world leaders as well. President Joe Biden, uh, Jair Bolsonaro from Brazil, the Irish Taoiseach, uh, Germany's president, Italy's president, mm. French president, <laughs> Emmanuel Macron, uh, South Korea's president, uh, South Africa's president, a really, really long list. Yep. Uh, China's president, Xi Jinping, received an invitation. But he's not going. Instead, his vice president will be going. Uh, the wife of Ukraine's president will be there. Now, you mentioned the notable absentees. Saudi Arabia's crown prince uh, mm. was invited but is not attending. Representatives from Syria, Venezuela, Afghanistan have not been invited. There will also be nobody from Russia, mm. Belarus or Myanmar. Now, Myanmar is the notable one because, of course, in the days of Burma, it was part of the British Empire. But given current circumstances, uh, nobody from Myanmar. But, uh, interestingly... Uh, people from uh, the DPRK, North Korea, have been invited on an ambassadorial level, not head of state level, but ambassadorial level. Mm. Uh, and the same is true of Nicaragua as well. Mm. Do we know why why this was done? Well, that's because Syria, Venezuela, Afghanistan do not have full diplomatic relations with the United Kingdom at the moment. And they haven't uh, given various circumstances in those countries for several years. Russia, Belarus, Myanmar were not invited because of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Yeah, that's obvious. The fact that the invasion was launched, <laughs> yeah. from, uh, the fact the invasion was launched from Belarus and Myanmar because of the military coup there yeah. as well. So in some cases, it's pretty obvious. But there was some controversy over a ban on Chinese officials visiting the Queen's coffin, which was eventually re- reversed. So tell us more about what happened there. Yeah, so there's obviously huge controversy around China because of uh, the allegations of treatment of the Uyghur Muslims. And originally, as you say, the Chinese government was asked not to send someone to see the Queen lying in state. Now, that caused a bit of a stir in diplomatic relations between China and the UK, and eventually permission was given uh, for a representative from the Chinese government to see the Queen lying in state. Now, as I say, China's president, Xi Jinping, was technically invited to the ceremony. Again, that didn't go down well. That raised objections with human rights groups. But a vice China's vice president, Beijing, confirmed yesterday be at the funeral today. Now, of course, this sounds like it is London's biggest ever policing operation, considering the number of dignitaries there and the number of people who are really there to mourn the death of the Queen. Talk to us about the scale of the security operations. Mm. Yeah, so the Metropolitan Police says this is their biggest policing operation ever. More than 10,000 police officers are on duty today. And given all those world leaders, you know, that we discussed they all need protecting, as well as the royal family who were there, as well as, you know, protecting the route and, and the event itself, as well, of course, as the people. Hundreds of thousands expected on the streets of Britain because when the funeral procession leaves London and it travels to Westminster, it's doing so on local roads. It's not taking the main highway. And that's because the government and the royal family want as many people as possible to be able to line the route and pay their last respects. But this obviously needs huge crowd control. And of course, 
This is a moment when not millions, but billions, we're expecting more than 4 billion people around the world to be watching today's events in some form. So a massive policing operation, people from police forces across the UK are in London and in Windsor and along the procession route. And of course, a huge military operation as well. 4,000 service personnel are involved in today's ceremony. Uh, Lots gearing up for today, uh, lots of preparation and everyone hoping, of course, that it goes smoothly. Now, Prince Harry was stripped of his military titles after giving up life as a working royal and moving to the U.S. with his wife, Meghan. Yet he's Mm. been given special permission by the king to wear military uniform when attending a vigil at his grandmother's coffin. And we all saw footage of that. So I think a lot of people on the ground are also asking about the state of the family's ties with each other. Are ties on the mend in the royal family? What are you hearing about this? Well, the thing is, it, it's so easy to speculate with anything like this. Because yeah. you, you see people together and, of course, it sparks conversations about, oh, are they talking again? Are they getting on again? But in reality, as much as this is a state event and a state occasion, it is, of course, a family event as well. And regardless of what may have happened in the past and friction that there may be between family members, this is the kind of moment where people put those things behind them and get together and support one another. And as you said, uh, Prince Harry was given permission by the king to wear his military uniform when he and the the queen's other grandchildren stood in vigil as she lay in state. And I think that was a really remarkable moment because it showed, again, these, these bonds between family members, but also the family and the military, and how the queen pulled them all together. Now, for the funeral today, Prince Harry is wearing a morning suit rather than his military uniform. Uh, Likewise, Prince Andrew uh, is wearing a morning suit since he uh, was requested to no longer wear his military uniform. So today really uh, is reflecting those those family ties as well as the state event that it is. Now, we've seen King Charles interacting extensively with the British public. How would you describe the way he's being received? I think he's been received pretty well. Uh, The speech, this first address that he gave as King on the the day after the Queen's death was really warmly received across the United Kingdom, including by those who are not uh, staunch monarchists. Uh, And I think people have really rallied around him and I think they've shown their support and encouragement for the kind of king they would like him to be. And of course, they're recognising that as well as a new king, he is also a son in mourning of the loss of his mother. And I think there is a great deal of patience and understanding around that and an acceptance that it will be the coming weeks and months that show the kind of monarch he's going to be rather than the immediate few hours and days. Yes, for sure. Now, all of this also just happened just as the British government under new Prime Minister Liz Truss was due to get down to business to solve economic issues and, of course, the cost of living crisis in the UK. How soon do you expect all of that to take centre stage, really, after the funeral? Yeah, I mean, that's obviously been pushed to one side, but it doesn't Mm. make the story go away. You know, people are living through this crisis every day. And honestly, as as soon as the, the funeral and the formalities are done with, Tomorrow will very much be back to a normal news agenda. And first and foremost, in amongst that, will be stories like the cost of living crisis. And people will be turning to the government and asking them to pay attention to this and to really address how they're going to start helping people live their everyday lives. So within the next few days, we can expect the agenda to to turn immediately back to this, I think. 
uh, and for people to start raising questions of the government and of the Prime Minister. Based on what you're hearing and seeing, Rich, is the government prepared? That's a very good question. Liz Truss, when she was campaigning to be Prime Minister, made lots of promises about uh, taxes, tax cuts and where she was going to find this money from. Many economists say she hasn't shown her working and hasn't shown how she's going to do that. The real test will be when MPs go back in the House of Commons and Liz Truss is back at the dispatch box answering questions from the opposition. There has been talk of an emergency budget coming in. Will that happen? Who knows? Obviously, the the Queen's dying and the Queen's funeral has got in the way of all of this. But really, we are going to find out in the coming days. But then I'm sure that there will be a break again when the King's coronation takes place. I know that could be months and months down the road. Any timelines on that yet? No, nothing official. And it could be longer than months. It could be Mm. a year. Now, when the Queen had her coronation, it was over a year since she actually became Queen that Mm. she had the coronation. About 16 months, I think. That's right, yeah. And of course, part of this relates to the cost of living crisis as well, because coronation is a huge state event, Mm -hmm. massively expensive, and a big organisational operation, big logistics operation to get behind. Is it right tonally to organise a big event like this whilst people can't afford to heat their home? Mm. Maybe not. But by the same token, you want to get it done relatively soon. You don't want to keep it lingering for months and months and months. That's one big question that's going to be asked of the government. And we will expect to find answers for that in the coming weeks, I think. Finally, Rich, you've been covering this for the last 10 days. It might be too soon to tell, but let's try anyway. What do you think your most enduring memory of the proceedings so far will be? I think the the thing will be the unity. So being at Buckingham Palace, seeing people come together and sharing their memories. And you mentioned in your introduction the queue, you know, this big queue that joined, that formed of people coming together to to see the Queen lying in state. And all manner of people got in that queue, uh, including celebrities like David Beckham, as well as just regular people who travel from across the UK. And as soon as people were in that queue, they started making friends, sharing stories, sharing sandwiches, sharing cups of tea. And it was kind of this uniquely British event Mm. where people did come together. And I've covered royal weddings in the past and people came together in exactly the same way for those happy occasions as they have done for this sad occasion. And I think it's that coming together and that unity that really will stick with me. Thanks very much for for that, Rich. Very well said indeed. Rich Preston, senior world news reporter and presenter at the BBC. Thanks for joining us from London. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.